yeah, yeah, 240 on the dash. Smart gangster, I can make a treasure out of trash. Son and knees, they respect me like a dad. This another gangster, yeah, Wardy, I'm a jack. 240 on the dash. Smart gangster, I can make a treasure out of trash. Trash, they respect me like a dad. This another gangster, yeah, Wardy, I'm a jack. Y'all chase. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bowe and Josh Jordan. Oh, man. We're back. This is Moneyline. Josh Jordan, Jerry Bowe, Clutch City Cam behind the glass. I'm seeing a lot of tweets we're getting about the guy that ate the entire Taco Bell menu. Uh, <laughs> 832 says that the rest of his day went? Question mark. It didn't. It was literally him on the toilet. <laughs> that was the day. He ran for the border, and the border was the toilet. And then we got another uh, message from 281 saying, man, that boy Jerry Bow is killing the basketball bets. Thank you for everything you do, man. Houston Cougars was a heartbreak after going up by three. Keep cashing them, Jerry. We appreciate that. We, we really, really appreciate all the... All the support you guys have given us ever since we started this thing, it's 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 been a dream, straight up. Me and Josh, it, it, between segments, we sometimes just talk about it, and we appreciate everything y'all guys have done from every support, every call, yeah. every every tweet, every every bet that you place behind us. Every guy you start, every, whenever you were starting them during the playoffs, and people were writing us, "Hey, Josh, thanks for that winner." Uh, the 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 do you think I'm flexy? Everything came jamming out in the mornings. Hector getting all the calls routed. We uh, it's a team game, and we all appreciate. You. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's been, I can't believe it's been this long. It's been since August we've been doing this. So it's fun. And guys, Jerry's been on fire for this tournament. So keep betting with Jerry. You're, you're going to end up with cash in your pocket. I'm just telling you. I've, I even told Jerry off air. It's like my bankroll is it's just grown and grown and grown over the football season and now even into the basketball season. So if you pick your spots right, you can be profitable doing this. But you have to be careful, right, Jerry? It's not easy. It's 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 you have to be careful. You know, again, I'll, I'll use this word honesty and transparency. Call call me a, a loser on a given day because we lost, but don't ever call me a cheat. So last week, I uh, text Josh during that North Carolina game, and we had a, us as a team on this. On we gave out over eighty as the team total. They came out blasting. They were running up and down that court. Yep. I said, man, they're going to score 100. So I hit Josh up, and I'm like, hey, get that get that team total in because I didn't know if he had got it in. So he hits me back, and he's like, hey, it's at 90 and a half. Me being the degenerate and just believing, that's a 10-point gap of what the opener was, but they had come out firing, and it was only 10 minutes into the game. So the, the opener had changed 10 points on the team total. Me anyways just said, go ahead and hit it, pound it, man. And they didn't get to that. They barely hit our, our team total by one shot. They hit it at the very end. We got lucky. We cashed it while Josh is over there with that, that 90 because he missed that point of value. Again, there's a, there's a, there's a, yeah, I believe in that team and yeah, they're going to score. But then there's a, yeah, that's the, that's the cutoff point and that cutoff point gone. And I got caught up and I, I, like I said, I told him, yeah, go ahead and hit it. I did redeem myself with Houston. I said, Hey, that's my game. And yeah, kill that bed and we all did and shout out to our caller uh blitzer jesse last week called in about that game we all cashed in that's what we're uh we hope for but it doesn't always go that way no it, but it, jerry said expectations right he's like hey the u of h plays my big one so fired 
you know, your most bullets on that one. I, you know, he liked the North Carolina one, but it wasn't like a, a five unit max bet or anything like that. It was just a, hey, I like it kind of thing. And if North Carolina wouldn't have gotten so far ahead in the second half, then they might have had to score a little more. And we always talk about that too, right? If, if they get a little too far ahead, they're, they're just going to control the ball and, and run out the clock as quickly as they can and in the game. And that's kind of what happened there. North Carolina just got up by too much and they didn't really have to do much at the end of the game. And shout out to the guy that called last week and had that that exact scenario for us saying that yeah. R.J. Bell had said, if a team's up, I, I believe he said the point was uh, my 18 points and within, I guess, eight or nine minutes to go ahead and bet, I guess he said the uh, the under or something to that extent. And, and it goes with uh, the minimized possessions. Teams sure. slow down. We saw that in North Carolina. We saw that they had come out firing away. But once you got it in the bag and you don't, you don't fear the other team coming back if you could if you could take off if you if in college it's so crazy with the longer shot clocks you can you can make it to where there's basically almost two possessions per per minute yeah. you know what I mean three of the other team goes fast but you can make sure that there's no more than usually three possessions in a whole minute if you could take up over half the minute they get the ball back they come up there say it takes 10 12 seconds now if you can hold that ball to the, yeah. the, the other 15 seconds you took away a whole minute at a time you're taking away a whole minute and then now you go to uh, regression to the mean, something that we've used a lot here, whether it's positive or negative regression, something we've heard with Josh ADHD a lot, and that's how you can become a person that can forecast numbers. And you ask yourself, how do people forecast numbers and, and project? Like these projections you go and click on whenever they tell you who you should start and shit, uh, sit. How, 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 how does that work? Like how, how, where do those come from? Well, I mean, it, it's kind of tough, right? It, I just find that it, you're, sometimes you're playing the clock, you know, back to your point just before that, you're not really playing your opponent as much as you're playing the clock at the end of some of these games. So you have to keep that in mind as a better. And in these tournaments where it's it's one and done, they're going to be a little more conservative. They're not going to take as many chances if they have a league a lead in the second half, and that you know there's not that much time left. That they're just going to dribble, dribble, dribble because. You know, it's win or go home. So they're going to be as conservative as possible, make sure they get out of there with a win. They don't care if they win by 15 or by one. They just got to win that day. Win in advance. Survive in advance is, is what they say, right? And that's what's been going on. Let's get let's switch over to some football talk. Let's do it. We've, we've, we've had enough basketball talk, a little baseball. Something in particular the Texans have trouble in is wide receiver duos because we know that they have the uh, – going into this uh, season – Fantasy football-wise, the consensus number one right now, and everybody's saying is DeAndre Hopkins should come off the board one. That's what everyone's thinking as far as these rankings. But having a duo and having that, that number two guy is a big deal, and that's something that we failed to have here as a city. But other teams have that, and you have some stats. Go ahead and give it to I, them. I do. And this is uh, it's on NFL.com if anybody wants to check it out, the Brant Report. And it's a Gil Brandt. He's, he was a longtime scout for the Cowboys back in the day. I mean, he's an older guy, but he knows his stuff. He's, he's seen this for years doing player evaluations. And he put together, like, the top 11 wide receiver duos for 2019 in the NFL. And the good news is our Houston Texans, your Houston Texans, they came in on the list. So it's 1 through 11. Give me a guess. Where do you think you put them at? Man. Again, Hopkins is... Yeah, it's Hopkins and Fuller. He didn't put QT Put me on at it. nine. Okay, you're close. It's seven. Okay. So he puts the Texans at seven. And here's who's in front of them. Got Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley at six. Deservedly so. Makes sense, right? At five, this one's kind of new. Antonio Brown and Tyrell Williams. Whoa, whoa, yeah. whoa, whoa, whoa. Yeah, right? I mean, I don't think I'd go that. 
I know Tyrell Williams is a decent deep threat, and Antonio Brown's great. I don't know if I'd put him in this high up. I'll keep going. Here's yeah, the last, especially one. since they, they've never played before together, yeah. and they're on they're on a brand new team with a quarterback who we've heard rumors of, of being traded. So, I mean, I, I guess if you're going out with you know the pure upside, maybe yeah, pure upside, sure. But I mean, that's yeah. I'm I'm not really with you there. At number four, this one I, we can get behind, right? Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods. That's a really good one. And it's crazy because they're number three. Imagine if if you would even extend it as three. What they're probably the top three yeah. headed monster as far as wide receiver. With Cooper group. Cup, yeah, you yeah. get him back, and, and you saw what happened when he got hurt. How much they dropped off. So if you, keep going, but yeah, as a, yeah. as a three, I think they got to be at the top. I, I'm with you, and, and, no, and then coming in at number three, Tyree Kill and Sammy Watkins in Kansas City. Don't pull my arm. Yeah, I know, right? If Sammy Watkins is on the field, I get it, but. Man, the dude is just hurt all the time. If Tyreek is on the field, I mean, yeah, with all that, that too. he's got going on. That's a good point. And it's like, who, who's even a number one there? You know what I mean? Because don't get me wrong, Hill is obviously the the main guy, but he can't, he doesn't he's not a traditional one. You know, no. you got he's a gadget guy. You can line him up anywhere, and it's just. That's crazy that their one is a tight end. That's what I was about to say. You could argue that Kelsey's their number one. Yeah. So they really got three dudes also. And then finally, these are going to be pretty obvious. Number two is Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. You know, pretty, pretty. I mean, for fantasy wise, they were both top 15 receivers. And then coming in at number one, another new group, Odell Beckham and Jarvis Landry. I don't know. Would you put Odell and Jarvis in front of Thielen and Diggs? That's a tough one. Dang. I think, it takes my breath away yeah. even having to give this because everything would tell you, yeah, yeah. right? Landry, Beckham, uh, Baker. Yeah. You know, let's, you got to throw that aspect in there as well. It just, it just, we're giving this team so much credit right now. I think I saw the other day and they were the fifth best team to win the, uh, as far as odds to win the Super Bowl. And you're thinking, like, yeah. let's slow down a little bit. I know, bit. right? Just a little bit. And I, I told one of my buddies, we were talking about this on the phone the other day, and I might have mentioned it last week. I think the Browns will end up being pretty good next year. I just think they might get it off to kind of a slow start just because they got a lot of new members of the team. The coaching staff had some some shifting around, and, you know, Baker's going to, you know, the league's going to catch up with him a little bit. There's going to be some tape on him. And also, don't forget about Antonio Callaway, which yeah. is the deep threat over there. And I mean, it's just... And Joku's, it's yeah. just Nick Chubb. I mean, they got a Duke lot Johnson. of options, and it, it's just crazy naming all these guys and realizing that they, you're talking They're about Browns. the Cleveland Browns. I know it, it, it is. Just, but if you look back at, let's say, Beckham and Landry back when they were LSU Tiger teammates, 136 catches. And remember, this is a college season, so the numbers 12, uh, 2,345 yards, 18 touchdown catches combined. <laughs> they're a, they're elite. Yeah, and you want your team to be a uh, off-season unity, right, to have that. Who's going to be more together than these two guys? They're playing. They're hanging out right now probably, you know, like they're moving in together, top bunks. That's a good point. And I think I read, too, like one of their receiver coaches from LSU is actually there in Cleveland, too. So, yeah. you know, it's it really is going to be interesting to see how that gets going. So let's talk about the receivers kind of, kind of while we're doing it. And uh, you had a list there where you kind of pulled up what the top ten might look like for fantasy this year. And – it's kind of shaken up quite a bit, especially at the top to where the Saquon Barkley, everybody kind of had him as the, the consensus number one pick. But after these moves with the Giants and, you know, getting rid of Odell and 
I mean, I think their offensive line will be a little better, but I just worry, are they going to be a bad offense? And we've seen that before, right? Even a great player in a bad offense, like think of Todd Gurley from a couple years ago. Yeah. You know, when that offense sucked, he wasn't good. And think of last year, think of David Johnson with the Arizona Cardinals. Look, look what happened to him just because the offense wasn't any good. So that makes me worry a little bit about Saquon is if they're never near the end zone, how's he going to score any touchdowns? So... According to Fantasy Football Calculator, and, you know, ADPs are different where depending where you get them, but this is one I like to use as far as a measure. Uh, okay, Barkley, Elliott, and I've seen it at a lot of sites. Those are one and two, however you want to switch them around. Basically, they got them concreted as last year where we had, it was Bell or Gurley. Right. Okay. But after that is where you'll have a lot, a lot of different opinions because you got Kamara, McCaffrey, Gurley, and then Bell. A lot of people are saying it's going to be between those three, Kamara, McCaffrey, and Gurley. A lot of people are throwing Kamara without having Ingram there. Going into last year, beginning with Ingram's suspension, that's why Kamara was drafted even higher than what he already was because you knew you were going to have, I believe, with four games of just Kamara. And he was the number one fantasy player during that that stretch. Killed it. Yeah. You were rewarded. Yes. And that same guy is going to go to the table this year and draft him. You know he oh, is. Oh, yeah. I am. When, when, yeah, I am. When somebody yeah. does you right and somebody treats you right and, and, they, and they, they do something like that, your first round pick, you treat them right. And yeah. you, and you, and you, secure the, uh, you, you get them the next year. But how quick do you throw him over somebody like Gurley? I'm going to do it just because of. Kamara's just amazing out of the backfield, all the passes he catches, and just touchdowns. My Lord, he scores a lot of touchdowns, and he's not a huge dude. And, man, it's that knee with Gurley. You know, what if they take a running back in the second or third round? You know, and I know C.J. Anderson's not back, but they did, you know, sign another running back. I don't know if he'll split with Gurley, but, man, that knee just bothers. It's arthritis. He's not having surgery. This is just something he's going to have to deal with. All right, Cam, so where does Christian McCaffrey fall in this whole conversation? Look, I love Christian McCaffrey. He he was on my fantasy team that that took me to the to the championship game. But to put him number one, I think is still just a little bit of a, a a bit of a stretch. I mean, Carolina is still that team that has been relatively inconsistent on the offensive side the last couple of years. You know, you don't know if you're going to get a healthy Cam Newton. You know, that wide receiver. I mean, who was over there as as far as wide receiver help? You know, it's almost like Christian McCaffrey's doing everything, but he's not like the Zeke, where Zeke can do everything and hold up. So I like Christian McCaffrey top five running back, but yeah. I definitely wouldn't put him over a, a Zeke or a um, or Le'Veon Bell or even a Todd Gurley with the knee. I'm still I'm still hesitant on, on Christian McCaffrey. I want to see one more year out of him as, as like the main, main offensive guy before I'm, I'm comfortable, you know, throwing him into the top running back category. Okay, so when we talk uh, top running back categories, we we classify it as tiers. Okay, so where do we cut off tier one? Okay, we got Barkley, Elliott, Kamara, Kamara, however you want to say, McCaffrey, Gurley. Does it cut off after Gurley when it goes to Bell Gordon? Because Gordon's always been uh, uh, an awesome, an awesome guy, yeah. but he you can't really he's never been that tier one. Don't get me wrong though, he's an all around guy, and I love him. I love to have Melvin Gordon, but he's a tier two. Right, yeah. compared as to uh, Barkley, Elliott. So then say, let's cut it off at five. So then that second tier, and it's crazy to think, does Bell go in the second tier or first tier? Let's talk about that. Got to be second tier. For me, I think it's going to be like Elliott, Kamara, Barkley. Um, I'll go with McCaffrey after that and then Gurley. That's kind of how I would do it. 
as far as Le'Veon Bell, man, that is like the last place I wanted him to go was the Jets. You know, I just, you know, I, I don't love it for him. What we talked about the bad offenses thing just a second ago with David Johnson and Todd Gurley. Well, Le'Veon Bell's probably going to be on a bad offense. Let's talk tier two. And someone that benefited from Le'Veon Bell not being there, James Conner. Yeah. So if we talk tier two, and let's say it is, let's per se, it is Bell, Gordon, Conner. Then you got David Johnson all the way down here. He's projected to go about 15th overall, not just running backs, but just overall. And then you got Nick Chubb, Joe Mixon right under him. So 15, 16, 17, all three running backs, Johnson, Chubb, Mixon. If this comes to you and you already have, okay, say, let's say it's a 12-team league. Let's say it's a 10-team league and you got the one of the top three or four picks. So you got you one of those studs we spoke of and it comes back around. At that point, who you take your chance on if you're going running back, running back? Who has less of of who who gives you a, a higher ceiling and who gives you the best average? Like who do you or who are you taking a more of risk on? Or who are you saying, man, I got such a strong running back one that the, the, this guy right here, these two guys combined are magic. I, I tell you that me, I would probably take a receiver there. But if I'm taking a running back, I think Nick Chubb's probably the guy that. I'm feeling good about. I like his upside. So Chubb over See, David Johnson and, and, and I Mixon. love Chubb too, but for me, I'm nervous because of, of the whole Hunt signing. I mean, now, I, granted, you know, they said that they're primarily going to use him as I think a return guy, but I mean, that's what they're saying now. I mean, we saw what Kareem Hunt can do in Kansas City. Why wouldn't he be able to do it on a new team? So, for me, I'd probably go with Mixon just because less of a handicap, but I still do think that Chubb is the more talented running back. So for me, it, whoever's there is probably who I would who I would pick out of those two guys. It's about the offense for me too. Like I feel like the Bengals could just be terrible this year. You know, Andy Dalton's on the last year of his deal. Jay doesn't really. Yeah, wanna, he's I mean, in his thirties now, and their offensive line's bad. So then someone that gets washed away in all this, and and it's because of injury. Dalvin Cook is right there at 21. Yeah. So, like, they have that, that 15, 16, 17, Johnson, Chubb, Mixon. And then the next step down would be Cook, Fournette. And then we're a little bit down there for Mac. So, let's talk Cook and Fournette for now. Who would you rather have going forward? Cook, Dalvin Cook, or Leonard Fournette? Oh, man. Y'all are going to laugh at me so hard because you know how bad Leonard Fournette burned me last year. Hate me. Yeah, exactly. Cue up the blue October. But I kind of think he's a sneaky value this year coming back. You know what I mean? I, I think they, you know, they, they get their left tackle coming off the ACL. Hopefully he's okay. In my mock draft, I had him taking a tackle with their first pick. So if they can clean up that offensive line, you know, because everybody thinks they're going to throw the ball now more because they have Nick Foles, right? Well, in the press conference, when they asked about that, I think Tom Coughlin was like, yeah, you know what? Nick Foles, he knows how to hand off, too. So, you know, that's what he responded with. So I don't think they're changing their identity that much. I think they're going to run the ball. Yeah, I mean, we saw Jacksonville have the most success when they had that balance attack of running and, and limiting um Blake Bortles, uh, uh, you know, as the amount of throws and stuff and mistakes. So, yeah, I, I wouldn't see why they would start to air it out. But Dalvin Cook can never stay healthy. That's my I thing mean, with him, too. He, yeah. Ever since he got drafted, he can't stay healthy. So, yeah, like you said, Fournette burned a lot of people last year, but at least he's been able to be more consistent than Dalvin Cook. So I would have to take Fournette over Cook, too. And just to round out the running backs so we can uh, we can put a bow on that, Yeah. how about Mark Ingram? Because if anybody's drafted or, or fantasy stock has gone up in, since free agency, you have to think him a move away from Alvin Kamara, uh, somebody that that obviously has to get their touches, and now going to a run-heavy 
offense. But something that sticks out to me is I look at their receivers on Ravens, and they are terrible. It's bad, really bad. But we know this. Running backs that have a running quarterback typically do very well. Yeah, and it just it's so weird because we've never seen a quarterback that runs this much. Yeah. We've seen him run, but not this much. And if they have no th- receiving uh, threats, they have nothing. They have no Crabtree, no Brown, nothing. I saw their guys, and it's bad. Brashad Perryman's gone. Everybody's gone. I mean, yeah. I think is Willie Sneed still there? That might be their only guy. Eight touchdowns. I I saw eight touchdowns in his career or something, and he can't stay healthy hardly. He hasn't been the same since he left New Orleans. So who? So what are opposing defenses? What is going to stop them from putting eight in the box every single time? It's going to be there, and it's going to be rough, and that just it's going to keep Ingram's. It's, it's going to keep his numbers down at the end of the day. It, don't get me wrong, though. It's in a Russian offense, and they run more than anybody. But those numbers are skewed, obviously, by the amount of carries that, that Jackson has. But I really like this move for Ingram. They just need something. they got to give a, a, some kind of a freaking threat. They need to get, like, DK Metcalf, you know, the, the old Miss receiver that ran the 4-3 that's, you know, like 6-3, 230. Get somebody that's like it. that. And that's what... If I had to put a mock draft together right now with everything the way it's going, I would say that they have to go receiver. They, they, they you know, they picked up, uh, they, they lost Weddle, picked up Thomas. Uh, they, yep. they, they did what they needed to do at certain spots that they felt were going to be troublesome. Now, there's one, it sticks out, yeah. wide receivers. And that's going to affect, no matter how good your run game is, no matter how great your game plan is for Lamar Jackson, no matter how uh, surprising and it gives you a chance with Mark Ingram to be back there because they had a stable of running backs that would just rotate. Yep. And they would rotate them. It gives you something to look forward to. It does. And Lamar Jackson, he's he's not that accurate of a guy, so you probably want to get him a big-body receiver that can run. All right, guys. Uh, hope you like the fantasy football talk. We've actually had some requests for that, so we got it in there for a segment. We got a ton more. Jerry's got some picks for the games today. Don't go anywhere. You listen to Moneyline. This is Nolan Ryan. You're listening to Houston's best sports talk, ESPN 97.5. <laughs> This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. Welcome back. You are listening to Moneyline, ESPN 97.5. Josh Jordan, Jerry Bow at Clutch City Cam behind the glass. We got Hector on the phones. What is going on? You know what's going on is... We got some bets they're going to be coming up. We got some basketball games today, and looks like the first one's kicking off Auburn versus Kentucky, 120 today. Jerry's going to have a play for you, but before we get to that, have you guys seen this Calipari audio about Charles Barkley and uh, his statue? I thought it was pretty funny. Uh, hit that, Cam. 
All right, we need just one more minute. Computer's stalling a little no, bit. No, Color Perry's in shoot around right now. We're going to have him live. <laughs> and he, we just, we, it, took us, it took us a lot to get him uh, to come on here and give us a little pep talk before the show. But we'll get him on for the money liners in just a second. Quick shout out to Angel Munoz giving us uh, cheers, fellas. My man's already drinking. He's on his way to the Menudo Trap. And we see uh, my man's drinking the, ooh, he, he's drinking. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> That is funny. All right, we got the audio. So here is John Calipari on uh, talking about Charles Barkley's statue. That guy, what's his name? Charles, what's his last name? That big guy with the big head. What's his name? Oh, Charles Barkley. Um, I peed on his statue down there, just so you know. <laughs> he had that, guy. that is fantastic. So... I don't know. I love Charles, but uh, it's funny to see with John Calipari. He's got to be joking, right? Like, well, he's going to try to pee on their hopes today, and that is going to be one of the picks as Chumo Kiki is out for the rest of the tournament when he tore his ACL in the Sweet 16. The Kentucky line opened at 3.5. It quickly moved to 4.5-5 range because a lot of people are saying that Okiki might be even worth two points to that offense. Why? Because they're three-point shooting offense, and that's pretty much one of the only guys that can rebound for him. Now, this time of year is when you hear they've played two times and one team's won twice. It's going to be real tough to beat them three times. That's the myth that you hear at this time of year. But it's just that, a myth, a lie. It's it's not true. Hard to beat a team three times in a row? In 2018, teams that were in this predicament, they did it 67% of the time. They went on to win the third matchup. So don't let people tell you, man. And it makes sense. Some people would think it's a it's a revenge spot. It's a revenge spot. That team's going to be motivated. Double revenge. Now it's triple revenge. Now sure. you you know what I mean. We use that in football a lot. Whenever you say, "Hey, they're seeing each other again," the familiarity of 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 the offenses. Yeah, it's like division games kind of thing. 2018, it was 67 percent. 2017, 75 percent. 2016, 71 percent. It's been that way since 2009. Overall, since 2009. 72% that the team going for the third win in a row against a, a season sweep, per se, ends up winning it. So don't don't fall for that saying, man, Auburn is going to be, uh, because of the revenge or, or any of that. Now, if Auburn's going to do it, it's because they're red hot from three. And whenever team is, that's what you look for in this tournament. Teams that, 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 that are riding a hot hand, like Purdue last night. But you also see what happened to Purdue. What we do know, Auburn scored 97 points last game against North Carolina, beating North Carolina. Teams that score over 90 points, or I'm sorry, over 80 points since 2005, 44% against the spread. Teams that score 80 points the previous game and were underdogs as they were against North Carolina, 35% spread winners. That's telling you that they, they overachieved. They overachieved, and if they scored over 80 points... And they and they and they knocked off as an underdog. They knocked off somebody favored, right? Then that mean that gives you leads you to believe that the public jumps on them. They become a public darling. They make it they make it pretty on the eye, right? Like yeah. you have to wonder why these numbers make sense of the numbers. Don't just come up here on a Sunday, Jerry, and throw these numbers. These people where it's Chinese and they're like, man, I don't I speak only Spanish. <laughs> you know what I mean? No, it's it's why do you think those numbers are like that? And and my my thought here would be if they're saying that it's only thirty five percent in that. After an underdog upsets and scores more than 80, then it's a public perception. And public perception tells you that Auburn is hot. And that's all we've seen. We've seen them drain threes. They almost scored 100 points. 
And now they're coming up against a big Kentucky team, longer in lean. Uh, they're long. They can out-rebound top five rebounding team in the nation. And the loss of Okiki is going to be big. And I'm seeing it, you know, the spread being about four and a half is what I'm looking at right now. And to your point, Jerry, like North Carolina was kind of the darling of the tournament until they lost, right? Yeah. So, so the public, your average better, they're going to be high on Auburn because they're the ones that beat North Carolina, great, right? Great point. Great point. I didn't even think about that aspect. He's going – North Carolina, everyone knows Duke's been having their trouble and everybody's been penciling in North Carolina saying, man, yep. North Carolina is the head and shoulders above everyone where they're head and shoulders on their way home. Yeah. And now when they're on their way home, then that's going to leave a sour taste in your mouth. If you had North Carolina and you say, you know what, man, North Carolina, they scored 80-some points, 81 points. They hit our team total, and they didn't win. Man, Auburn's so good. Auburn is great. Let's go and pound Auburn. That's what your average better is thinking, but you're not going to go that way, are you? We're going Kentucky as as square as it sounds, though. I don't like that four and a half. I like the four by the hook, about, about minus 120, and just go that way. And now, this game is one that you can... I like the second game better for uh, for in-game live betting, and I'll explain why when we touch on that game. But this game as well, say Auburn comes out and you see that they're shot. Like yesterday, I live I put a live bet on Purdue early into that game when I saw Purdue come out busting. I said whether they was a good shot or not, it was going in, and they were shooting fast. This game's going to go over, and that it did easily. It went over that 135-and-a-half live easy. Why? Because you, you know when you handicap these games, you say – Okay, these are you, you write statements and questions whenever you're handicapping, and that's the way I do it. People say, How do you break it? I, I write statements. This is what I know, and these are question marks, question marks, question marks. When those question marks start coming into play and they get answered and they become statements in live in, in, in the game, then that's when you start betting, if that makes sense to you. So yeah. if, if 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 rebounding and and length is a question. And they and they start hitting shots and they're not getting rebounds or miss it, vice versa whatever it is then that's where you make you say okay my handicap that question mark is not a question mark it's a statement and that leads me to believe that that's my bet that's actually a really great way to look at it Jerry I've never I've really never thought of it like that and we've all felt that way right to where you have a feeling about a game and then once the game actually gets started. It either cements the feeling you had about the game, or you're like, "Oh no, I was wrong," and you know kind of exactly how it's going to go. After Golden that. State Rockets yes. the other day, you said like yes. right, right when you saw it, you, you, we knew Golden State had been faltering. Yep. You, every the media was telling you, everyone was leading you believe that Houston was about to come out on a prime time night. You know, yep. boom, and what happened? You saw it come out right then and there. It's like, okay, go go hit Golden State, hit yep. Golden State, hit Golden State. I've seen this movie before, and I know how it ends. And I feel like that's a a decent one to bet on, right? Because we've seen the Rockets and Warriors play each other so many times. You know, you kind of know how those games are going to go once you kind of watch them just for a little bit. So some really good points there from Jerry, guys. So he, he likes Kentucky. He likes it at the four, four and a half, a little too much. See if you can get it at four. What about the total? We haven't talked about the total. I, I'm seeing it, it being about 141 is what I'm seeing, the over-under. Do you have any lean on that? If I'm thinking Kentucky, then I got to think that it's going to go under from a, from overall standpoint, because Kentucky's going to have to slow this down. That's what hurt North Carolina because North Carolina is a running team. And if 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 they if that's their strength and that's the way Roy Williams likes to do things, then all of a sudden they go up against the Auburn team that runs as well. But they're hot. They're hot. 
And that's what they never switched out of that. They never said, hey, Auburn's hot right now. Let's make this a half court game. They were just chunking, pass the ball in. Let's go two passes to get it up court. Just go up and shoot. Let's get rebounds. Let's go the other way. It was a running game. And it came to a point where Auburn just hit much more shots towards the end. making a, They were going three for twos. They were hitting threes. North Carolina playing twos. You're going to lose that game playing today. Kentucky is going to slow that game down. Now, there's only so much you can slow down, and I believe Kentucky can score on that on that Auburn defense. So that's the only reason that it's taken me off the under 141 because I think that Kentucky will score against Auburn. I just don't know how much Auburn's going to score. In the, it's 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 you got to trust that jump shot. It, it's it, if you live by the three, die by the three. Yeah. We've heard that before, especially here in Houston. Yeah, we get a lot of that. You live by the three, die by the three. That's what's going to happen here. If the, and and it's so cliche and it's 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 so simple simplistic of me to say, man, if the three's dropping, they can win that game. Yes, of course, Jerry, if the, the three doesn't, the ball doesn't go through the hoop, we don't score points. Yes, but you know that that's their strength, and that's pretty much how they got here. And if that's not falling, you go ahead and jump on them. If, if you see that shot falling early and you see Kentucky, you, you can tell the way the teams want to play just by the way they inbound the ball. If you see that ball go through the hoop, and you see that inbounder getting that ball, and he's only got really one step out of bounds, and he's already going. They're just pushing it up court. And that 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 point guard's putting it on the floor and just running it up there. You know, you know, right then and there, what their game plan is. That they 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 want to they want to get more possessions. Then you wait to that first commercial break, and you say, okay, let me let me let me wait one more commercial break to see how this goes. And then the next one comes out, and the other team didn't make an adjustment as North Carolina. They just. They kept playing the same defense. Now, if you see an adjustment and the and the opposing team comes up and plays a press, and then whenever you get into the half court, they fall back. That's saying, okay, we're not just going to let you run up the ball, to run this ball up the court and just start your offense early. You're going to have to work it. You're going to waste at least 10, 12 seconds. Once you pass that half court and, and don't get the delay of the back court, then, then now you have to work on us. Now you're going to have to pass that ball around. You're not just going to come over here, pick, pop, shoot. No. And that's what you see. Again, watch the game, and it's going to tell you right then and there, look at the way that they're running this. If you see a team, uh, one team making shots and the other team just getting the inbound and boom, they're just running and running, that's it. Just They're going to run. Be sure of that. And, guys, the live betting is really – sometimes it's even better than your regular betting because you, you have a little more intel. You have a little more uh, – information and stuff to go off and of. numbers aren't that concrete you know we live in a world where where some people they'll tell you like seven and a half football they're like man i wish i had seven or six and a half that that, that half point or point makes the whole decision of making a bet as soon as you get a live bet and somebody gets the ball and then somebody scores a touchdown that point is gone yeah that, so so if that if that was such a strong point and you not making or making a bet that doesn't exist in a live betting world which can also hurt you don't get me wrong once you start putting all these bets, if Virginia doesn't come through for me last night, I'm in big trouble. But that's the risk you take. Yeah, no, I mean, that's why it's gambling. So, I mean, but, but it's good advice. And, guys, you're not going to be able to know exactly what Jerry's thinking live in a game. But if you follow him on Twitter, you might actually. And my toughest thing is, you know, I love Jerry's live betting advice. But you got to be quick on it, you know, because when Jerry tweets that out, you know, that line is very fluid. Within seconds. Yes. Yeah. So, you know, if you don't get to my bookie or, or wherever you're betting, we like my bookie. But, uh, 
if you don't get there and get that number quickly, then, then you might miss your window. And then you're like me texting Jerry like, well, the number's this now. Do you like that? No, I don't really like that. And then then you have to kind of – you have to pick your spots and you have to be fast. You have to be quick. Have your phone. Have my bookie pulled up and ready to go. Exactly. Have that live bet screen. And then say say I do drop. Say In basketball, it's so tough too because I – I would love to do it on a commercial break to where we could all have a good two minutes to do it, but sometimes the best moments are in between the play when the foul happens and you know they're about to be in foul trouble or ex-player, uh, the only tall guy that, that, you know, the only the best rebounder just left the game and you know that the, the, you're, you got the, you have the advantage on the boards now. Finally, that's the little things I look for. I know, again, question marks. And statements. What's a statement? I know that Kentucky is supposed to out-rebound uh, 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 today Auburn. But what happens if Kentucky's two best rebounders have to leave the game for foul trouble? What happens if somebody gets hurt? Then you have to make that. Now that question mark turns into a statement for Auburn. Now they they have a, 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 you know the upper hand for per se. But it's just little situations that you try to tell yourself that, that you're doing due diligence the whole way to give yourself the best advantage. But... It's little things like this that we are so blessed to be able on a Sunday to to be able to, to communicate with you guys. And I hope that you're understanding it from another standpoint. Josh and I try our best. And if you ever have any questions, 713-780-3776 at Moneyline975. Just get a hold of us. We're here to help. We'll be right back. You're listening to Moneyline. No matter the me, the me, she said, hola, come on, She said, konnichiwa. She said, pardon my French. I said, bye, Twitter. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975. Now it's trapping by the stove. Big. Decide this back with cases. Look at one smoke. Do me dirty. I'm going to find you lay on the floor. 19 with a bag. I got rich by myself. Rather do this shit alone. I wasn't asking for no help. They keep asking. This is Moneyline on ESPN 97.5. And on ESPN 97.5.com. Presented by MyBookie. Live from the ESPN 97.5 studios, here's Jerry Bow and Josh Jordan. All right, we are back listening to Moneyline. We just dropped some bets. Jerry had it for you, so if you were listening on the other side, go back to the podcast, see what the bet was. I'm just kidding. I'm not going to do that to you guys. Jerry likes Kentucky minus the four points if you can get it. Uh, so get that bet. He likes that one. We're also going to have a bet for the Duke game coming from Jerry just here in a little bit. But as I was talking to Jerry, this game he feels like it's a little tougher to handicap. This one's going to be a little tougher. So it feels like he, he likes the Kentucky play a little bit better. But we will get to that. But quickly, Cam, I, I wanted to get you involved in this. Just This is so great. Just What do you think of the headline here, Cam? Wilt Chamberlain of Grandma's claims to have been with hundreds of younger boy toys. You got to stay young. You got to stay young. <laughs> Look, guys, uh, exercise and, and, and diet are very important to a, to a healthy life. So however you get your exercise in, uh, whether it's cardio, uh, you know, weightlifting, stuff like that, it's very vital for your health. And so um, good for her. It is. And she's 57 years old. She said she began her love affair with younger men after she divorced her second husband in uh, 2010. So it says she's hooked up with 23-year-olds kind of almost exclusively. So I got to ask you, Cam, how much do you love the show? Are you willing to hook up with Sexy Granny here? (laughs) Uh, Can I see what she looks like? (laughs) Uh, I don't know if that's going to sway you (laughs) in a positive way. Oh, man. putting that out there. Um, You know, I, 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 I... I have uh, great relationships with with older people. I get along with them. I like to listen to their to their old stories and 
and stuff like that. I, I, I'd be willing to give her a, a try. Wow. All right. I thought Cam was going to fight us on this, Jerry. But it looks like for Team Moneyline, maybe we can put him in contact with Gaynor Evans is her name. Uh, 50- that sounds like a grandma. It does. Gainer. <laughs> Sexy granny. I don't think there's been any Gainers named since 2006. You know, like, <laughs> who, who's naming their kids Gainer? Gainer. Yeah, it's uh, like, you know, Mildred or something like that. You're not going to hear <laughs> yeah. too many of those anymore. But she kind of looks like a... You know, a, a fun granny, and she is a granny, by the way. Um, it looks like you know maybe she gets down with a little tanning, so you'll like that cam. At, that you know, that age. but yeah. is, is she is she really classified as a granny because she's not sixty, so she can't get the senior discount? So That's true. Uh, well, I mean, she does actually have grandchildren. Well, so she's a gilf. <laughs> she's a gilf. Would would one Robert Kraft get it? <laughs> well. Actually, she is kind of age appropriate to the to the masseuse that that he got with allegedly uh, a few weeks ago. So that actually kind of works together. It's funny, you know. He actually went to the owner meetings. I heard Robert Kraft like that really surprised me. Like, can you imagine like some of those conversations that he was having with some of the owners? Like, what do you think Jerry Jones said to him? (laughs) <laughs> have they asked you about me yeah <laughs> remember that party bus we were on he's, uh, he's like hey 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 robert don't don't go say nothing about me man. uh-huh yeah man i'm married there's a difference more than one <laughs> owner was at that not making contact robert Kraft walked in he's like hey what's up hey hey what's up and hey. they all turn give him the cold shoulder like, oh dude who is that guy yeah <laughs> we, we don't approve of that kind of behavior <laughs> yeah. sure you don't <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that that was the lock of the century. So, all right. So, I, I just wanted to bring that up real quickly. We, this is our last segment, and I immediately thought of Cam because you know Cam's a little younger than us, Jerry. So, you know, we're both married. So, but but Cam, no, I, as a married man, I do it. <laughs> Sorry, honey, <laughs> but this is a one in a in a lifetime, lifelong chance. She's lived a long life, and she needs. Love and two. She she does, and it sounds like she's gotten her fair share of it. Uh, and it's kind of funny. She goes on to say that she doesn't like the term cougar because it has a negative connotation that you know that they're you know preying on young men and taking advantage of them. But I don't know. Yeah, she. It's not. It, yeah, I mean, I, I can get where she's coming from. I guess that is a derogatory title. I mean, she's not praying. She's just laying with with uh, with younger men. I see what you did there, and I mean, she's not the only one. We see Kate Beckinsale now with Pete Davidson, which is you know kind of weird. And oh man, yeah, yeah, I saw that. Yeah. That was uh, that was something else. It's, just it's Kate odd. Beckinsale is definitely in her her late. She's 40s, in her 40s, early 50s. Man, yeah, but she's a, still a smoke show, man. Pete Davidson's doing all right. Yeah, for sure. So, you know who else is doing all right? Coach who? K versus Tom Izzo. Ooh, tell me more. One and eleven record is Tom Izzo, Michigan State versus Coach K. Ooh, that's a number that's getting thrown around a lot going into today's matchup. This specific Duke team, though, <laughs> there's. This is the first number one overall seed of a tournament that's won their, uh, I believe, their last two games starting at the Sweet 16. And uh, I'm sorry, to win at least two of their games in their tournament by less than three points. That's the stat I saw. So a number one overall seed to win multiple games by less than three points. That's the first time it's ever happened. Usually (laughs) number one seeds are are stout. Sure, sure. You could usually easily say Duke is lucky to be here. UCF? yeah. That was at the rim, a tip back that didn't go in. And against Virginia Tech, somehow, some way, that man cannot t- 
make a give me a give me at the rim that yeah. would put uh, so a game that would have cashed our team total. We had a team total that we needed one point, and he missed that. So I'm not yeah. trying to bring up old things. Let's bring up now. Why are you bringing up old stuff? <laughs> so <laughs> what we do know now, and this is okay. This specific handicap, I'm going to do it two ways, and I'm not going to throw out this big old play because I plan to hit it bigger in game. In this game, I believe it's going to be close all the way. And basketball is a game of runs. Wait for a run. Wait for a team to go up six, eight, nine, ten points yep. and hit the opposite side, take the points. You could have done that in the Houston-Kentucky game when Kentucky blew it open and you thought, Houston, man, then we might be in trouble at halftime. They came back. You would have got you could have got double digits on the spread. Yeah. Again. The pre the, the pregame bet, two and a half, three points, that was solid. People were having trouble with that. If you could if you would have waited twenty minutes into that game, halftime, you could have got Double digits with Houston. They look at the difference from two and a half to getting double digits. That's value. Pick, yeah, you can make a living that way. Yeah. Pick your spots. Today is, I think, another one of those. You got to pick your spots. Uh, yes, Coach Case dominated him. I don't believe that this is the same Duke mantra in that they usually carry. This is not the same. Uh, monsters that you see. This is not the mean team that you see. It's just they're getting there on individual, just mm-hmm. brilliance that we're gonna we're going to get past this on the back of Barrett and the back of Zion. That's the way they do things. If 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 you threw out seating, like say you didn't know seating, you didn't know Zion, you didn't you just saw what's going on on paper right now. You would see that Duke's only covered one time in the last eight games, Ooh. and then you see on the other side a uh, 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 Michigan State thirteen and one straight up, ten and four against the spread in the last fourteen games. So you see two teams and two opposite directions. You've seen Duke almost lose at the at the end against teams that can't even stand up to Michigan State overall. Uh, don't get me wrong; they were great teams, but uh, I think Michigan State's better in other words. And you're it's only a two point spread. This is this is. So ugly because it, it, me handicapping, I would say take Michigan State. Do but me being a gambler and knowing how these things work out, this is where Duke cleans house and everybody on that Michigan State train. Yeah. Same thing. It's like the North Carolina Auburn thing. You made a fantastic point. That guy's gonna gravitate to Auburn because it's, he sees what you different. Everybody sees what Duke. They're barely squeaking out wins against teams that are inferior to Michigan State. Now, what what leads you? One thing to tell you, hey, Duke's gonna win that game. There's not one thing other than brilliance of of Zion and Barrett. And if you're giving me the number one overall seed with the help of the referees that they've been getting to win by two points. And don't get me wrong. It's not like the referees. This is the one game where his whistle is going to be a little thick because you could blow that against these little other uh, coaches. But you're going against Izzo this time. It's not like Coach Case is going against some some ham. Yeah, it's not a slappy. No. So he's not... The, the, it's not going to be as bad, list per se, but at the end of the day, I just think that individual brilliance and however it happens, this is how Vegas is built. Michigan State, everything they're playing right now leads you believe that they're the better team. Right now, they are the better team overall as a team, but this is built off of it's March Madness, and this is the the the, the month where big players come out and, and they lead their teams, and I think that Zion is going to go off today. Take Duke, small play. My bigger play will come live. So I got to imagine from what you're saying here, this might be a really good day for like a halftime bet. It's perfect. It's perfect. You get to see what's going on. You get to see is Duke really struggling from the outside. You get to see a lot of things. These teams don't play often, but when they do, the usually it usually goes over. The overs hit eight times since 2004 between these teams. 
if they get out to running, Duke's three-pointers falling somewhat for their means because they're a bad shoot, three-point shooting team, but say it's hitting at least that average, then you can kind of gist of where the game's going to go by pace. If you see them getting up and down the court, if you see Duke having trouble handling Michigan State, there's your bet right there, guys. It's right there in front of you. Don't force it if you don't have to right now. You could probably get away, whether you're on Duke or or Michigan State, I'll go on a limb and say you can get a better number than this two at some point in this game on both sides. I see both sides having runs. I see both sides. Michigan State could easily come out and get to a 6-7-0 run, 7-2 run, timeout Coach K. Now that spread isn't two. Now it's maybe a picket, Duke. Maybe it's Duke plus one. Yeah. You know what I mean? Michigan State's not a slouch of a team. If they get out and start running and show that they're going to give them trouble, then the so again, just it's just little things, and I hope that today was a lot more theory driven, and yeah. instead of just like I said, I can get you can go to the computer right now and just type in Duke against the spread numbers versus X team, and they're going to give it to you. But I want you to understand what you're reading, and sometimes it's hard to understand that it's just easy to get caught up in the numbers and just go to the next number, go to the next number. But why? No, and I like it when we do it like this because we can go a little further in depth because there's not as many games to talk about, you know, so we can really dive in the, to these few remaining games and, and try and cover all angles. And, and not everybody's going to be able to be on their phone hitting refresh and, and following you on Twitter through the whole game. They, they might have stuff to do today, right? Yeah. But at halftime, they could probably go over to Sports Map and then check your Twitter account and you'll probably have a halftime play. And then you're not dealing with that time crunch as much at halftime because there's no action going on. The line's not moving at that time. We have lives, and and it's hard to get in all these bets. Sure. I just have to grade them for, for transparency purposes. I can't sit here and say, man, I don't think y'all got in on that one. Let's go with this. But what I do know is that it was a great show again, Josh. Thanks for – thanks. I, I talk to you out loud in front of all these people because that's how much you mean to me, man. Thanks for always riding with me on this thing. I have a – I wouldn't want to do it with anybody else up here with you on a Sunday, bro. We, we rock this thing. Cam always gets his jamming. We got Hector showing up. It takes a lot for a guy named Hector to come up here every Sunday and just say, hey, I'm part of this show. No, and, and, and no matter what, even when they broke into his car a few weeks ago, I'm sorry about that, my mm-hmm. man. They, uh, he still was like, man, I, I'm so sorry I can't get up there. It's like, no, we, we all have lives. We do. And, man, another great show, guys. Thought it was a great show. I give everybody an A. Once again, Jerry likes Kentucky, minus four. So fire on that. That's going to be the first one that tips off today. We got your Astros coming up in just a few minutes. So that's it, guys. Another great episode. We'll see you next time. This has been Moneyline. Peace. Twitter. Follow the show on Twitter at Moneyline975.